Does God heal today? And if so, will he heal everyone that has faith? Let's talk about that on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. We're glad to have you with us on this 4th of July as we present Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We're making our way through 1 Corinthians, and here lately we've been exploring the manifestations of the Spirit, which includes the gifts of healings. When we are or a loved one is sick, it's a good idea to go to the Lord and ask for healing. He is more than able and willing to heal today, but sometimes He chooses not to. As we begin, Pastor Ed draws our attention to some examples of that in Scripture. This is rather difficult, but it's just as truthful. There were even times when Jesus left people unhealed. He didn't heal everyone. There are times when the Bible is very clear. He healed everyone. There are other times when everyone wasn't healed, just, just an isolated event, just a person, just a situation, just a few. There were times where Jesus even left people unhealed including great men of faith like Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle was, was left unhealed with this thorn in his flesh with that answer from heaven saying, this is something that is going to be in your life, Paul, and I'm going to use it in your life. I'm not going to take it away from you. Because through this, my grace is going to be shown to be sufficient for you. It's not going to go away. You're going to have it forever. And yet the hope isn't in removing the the thorn. The hope is in the one that's going to be with you through it. Just like we saw in Psalm 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're not going to skip the valley walk on more than one occasion. The comfort in the valley is not the valley. It's the shepherd that's with you. Taking care of you. Number two, another reason I think the word gifts is used here is not to describe a gift that so you can just walk around and have the gift of healing. I don't believe the Bible teaches that at all. But another reason I believe the word gifts is used here is because the manifestation of healing is a gift of grace by God. We don't deserve to be physically healed. We can't earn physical healing. We aren't awarded healing because of good behavior. It's all of grace. It's all of God's sovereign grace. And and that's where there will be those that say, you know, if you just had enough faith, what are you talking about? The faith that I have has been given to me from the Lord. He wants to give me more faith. He'll drop more faith. But what are you talking about if I have more faith? Healing is a gift of grace. It's not an award. It's not a trophy that you put up on your shelf for good behavior. God, he chooses to heal. If you, would have, if you wouldn't have enough faith, you wouldn't get sick. Or It's just not true. It's just not the character or the nature of God. I'm sorry that someone along the way laid that trip on you. You know, God doesn't lay guilt trips. That's not how he operates. 
He doesn't need to do that. Because through the power of the Holy Spirit, God can bring instant conviction on any one of us. He doesn't need to lay some guilt trip. He doesn't want us to walk away all bummed out because of our lack and our failure. He wants us to feel the weight of our own sinful decisions and in that weight, in that conviction to turn our lives back toward him through repentance. He doesn't want to crush us. He doesn't want to do away with us. He doesn't look at you and go, well, there you are again, Ed. You're the same knucklehead you were the moment you got saved. You're not making any progress. Uh, Forget you. That was one of the meanest things we could say when we were high. Forget you. And sometimes we think God says that. Forget you. No, he doesn't forget you. He loves you. He cares for you. Not only does God not forget you, but he enables you to fulfill all that he's put before you. According to the psalmist, he's like a daddy. And I know it's hard for some because you didn't have this example. But God is the perfect example. He's like a daddy who has compassion on his kids. You're trying to teach you know, little Chucky to ride his bike and he falls off and you just, get up, man, you know. And he falls off again and you kick him in the face again. He's all bloody and be, I'm going to do it, Dad. I'm going to do it. That's so dumb. That's not true. There's in the mom and the dad that's teaching little Chucky how to ride, but there's a desire for them to get it. They'll do whatever they need to make it happen. Working and working and working. Oh, yeah, perhaps lose patience here and there, but not because... Not because there's a lack of love, just because he's a knucklehead. That's all. It's not a lack of love for the kids. God doesn't love you based on your performance. Oh, but that's how we've grown up. Oh, you know, if Ed's, Ed's a good little boy, God loves you. And if Ed's a bad little boy, you're, <laughs> you're in trouble. And that's spilled over into our relationship here with him as we gather together as the church family and and you think well you know God is still doing that with me no I'm, I'm sorry I really am on behalf of Jesus that somebody along the way laid some unbiblical unspiritual apart from the character and nature of God guilt trip on you God when he uses guilt God does use guilt but it's not like a heavy guilt trip it's guilt to grab your attention like you should feel guilt when you make a bad decision, you should feel, if you don't feel guilty, if you don't feel like, man, that was not good, then you better check your heart. Guilt is used by God, but not to lay some trip on you, but to draw you back into relationships. See, see, son, see, daughter, that's not good. I know it's not good. I know. I sh- wow. Whoa. You don't want your conscience seared with a hot iron where you don't feel it anymore, where you don't care anymore. Those are the hard hearts of those that don't walk with the Lord. Those are the hard hearts of those who aren't hearing from the Lord. And people lay guilt trips on you to motivate you. That's a religious action by some person that was used to try to control you. God doesn't want to control you. He wants to lead you by his spirit. He's a shepherd, so he's taking care of his flock. He's not, he's not pushing you along. Come on, guys. Let's just let's push you along. you got to keep moving. He leads you gently and lovingly. And the Bible says that in, when you're in tune with the Lord, that the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. And you can see that when flocks come together. You can see that in Israel. Sometimes they'll mix flocks. On, on one of our trips, we were able to see that, where they mix flocks, and you could see the shepherd call out, and only certain sheep would hear him. Because the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. And when you're in love with the shepherd, all you want to do is follow him wherever he goes. Because you know he's going to take good care of you. 
when you look at the gifts of healings, healing is a gift from God. God loves you when you're sick. God loves you when you're healed. And ultimately, we pray for physical healing, but it's only temporary. Physical healing is only temporary because ultimately, we're all going to die from our last sickness. All of us. We live in a fallen world. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And ultimately, all of us will shed this earthly body and we'll be given a new body. Amen? Amen. <laughs> all you bald guys, you're going to have hair like all out here, man. <laughs> Everything the way that God has intended. It's going to be awesome. Just everything, all the aches and pains, gone. You ever walk down the stairs and your body's making noise and you're just like, where'd that come from? <laughs> I'll tell you where it came from. Age. All you young people, that'll never happen to me. <laughs> Not true. It's going to happen to you. And the Bible says, listen, for we now see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I'm also known. And now abide faith, hope, love, and these three, but the greatest of these is love. We're going to be known. We're going to shed these earthly bodies. We're going to take on a new, resurrected, spiritual body that forever abide with the Lord. And those, listen, listen. We talk about healing. I know that some of you have prayed for healing with your loved ones, and they did not receive physical healing. Instead, they went into the presence of the Lord. Let me tell you something. They were healed. They're in perfect health right now. And I can comfort you with this hope that you'll be reunited with your loved ones in Jesus Christ. Your prayers were answered, just not the way you thought. And there's the hope of being reunited. Some of you are here. You are walking miracles of the healing hand of God. God used a doctor in your life. Use the wisdom of that doctor to bring healing. Everyone else said no, but this doctor hooked you up, found out what was going on, brought healing into your body as an instrument of God. Some of you were supernaturally healed. You, you've got the x-rays, you've got the MRI, you've got everything to prove it. You've got the testimony, the doctor even signed it. You had the doctor uh, autograph your x-ray because it's to the glory of God. But ultimately, none of us are going to live on this earth forever in these human bodies. And healing is a gift. Let me show you a couple places where this gifting, this manifestation shows up. Turn over to Acts chapter 3 now. Acts chapter 3. I know that the message will go out on the radio. It'll go out on the internet. Some people are watching right now on live right on the internet or one of the archives. And I'm telling you that there's hope in the Lord. There's hope in him. That whatever he gives us, whatever he allows in our lives, is going to be used for his glory to draw people's attention to him and not to us. And on the many hospital visits that we as pastors have the privilege of going on, and the elders of our church, and the lay leaders, everybody goes on hospital visits here, to visit the sick when they're infirm and they're in their bed, or at the convalescent homes and their weakness. I'll tell you, there is a profound difference between a sick person that's a believer and a sick person that's an unbeliever. It is palpable. You can feel the difference. 
There is hope in that room. There is, even, even if the, the believer has unsafe family members in the room, the hope fills that room. That, that person laying in bed becomes a bright, shining light of the hope in Jesus Christ. And of course, for that person that's not a believer, there's a hopeless scenario, but then hope comes in when you walk in the door and you begin to preach the gospel of the hope of Jesus, of ultimate healing in him by repenting of your sins. I mean, tonight, if you are sick, the Bible says that you can call upon the elders, we'll anoint you with oil, we have it up here, and we'll pray for your healing. But let's just say you're sick and you're not saved. You don't have a relationship with God. Well, before we ever anoint you with oil, we're going to pray that you get saved. Because that's really what the... That's, you're worried about physical sickness. I'm worried about spiritual sickness. That the concern is not just physically, but God has used this physical condition in your life to draw attention to the fact that you're lost, man. And your only hope is Jesus. Because even if physical healing did come, you're still going to die. And the Bible says that it's appointed once for a man to die and then the judgment. You know, in some realms of Christianity today, there's this, well, you'll get a second chance after death. No, you won't. You know, you can go to this place in the middle, purgatory, and you can work it off and people can buy you out. No, you can't. No, that doesn't, that's not true. It's not in the Bible. It, you don't have a second chance. Your only chance is right now. There isn't nobody buying you out of hell. The choice of hell and heaven is made tonight. What? You know, I hear you. I've been thinking about it. Let me go home and think a little bit more. Fine. Just understand that that decision, because you made a decision, is a decision for hell. That's what that is. I, I respect you for wanting to think more. I respect you for wanting to process everything. But it, the more you think about it, the more you process it, the more you're going to talk yourself out of repenting of your sin instead of just believing on Jesus tonight and embracing him as your savior. And then automatically you have spiritual healing. By his stripes we are healed. Our sins are forgiven. Our life is made right with God. And it could very well be that God has physical healing for you as well. Notice Acts chapter 3. Peter and John going up to the temple together in verse 1. It was the hour of prayer, a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. He saw Peter and John about to go into the temple. He asked for some money. It'd be really quick for us to put our hand in the pocket, see how much change we have, and just throw a few coins that way. That wouldn't be unusual, wouldn't be unloving, it wouldn't be uncaring at all. We have people asking for alms all the time, inside of a the freeway off-ramps, you know, different places outside of the stores. You can get so hardened to them, you don't even have a heart for them anymore. Just be careful. Well, look at them. Look at the shoes he's wearing. Who cares what shoes? Has God spoke to your heart about helping someone in Jesus' name, and you're worried about what shoes he's wearing? Or, or, or look, it just, just be open to the Spirit. What if you're in need? You want us checking your shoes out? Or do you want us helping you in Jesus' name? You get so hard. Oh, I know, I know. The possibility of being taken advantage of and such is always there. But be open to the Spirit. That's what Peter's doing here. The guy's just asking for money. He's open. He could have put his hand in his robe and pulled out a few coins and threw it that way. But fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Now the Spirit's moving. 
He gave him his attention, expecting to receive something. And Peter said, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Wow. The gifts of healing is going to manifest here along with the gift of faith in verse 7. Verse 7 is heavy duty. Took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Powerful. Word of knowledge. That this guy had faith to be healed. Gifts of healing. There's healing here. And the gift of faith to pick him up. When all the while he could have just thrown a few coins out his way and just went into the temple to pray. He could have had a hard heart and just said, forget this. I've seen this guy week after week. I'm, I give him money every week. I'm not giving him anything anymore. Look at him after. Instead, he's just open. Are you open? You never know what God's going to do when you're open. You never know what God has in store for you. Just stay open. Say, oh, whatever, Lord. I, I just I belong to you, Jesus. Who knows? Maybe that's why you aren't seeing the Spirit of God move so much in your life because you're not open. Well, notice chapter 5 now. We're in the book of Acts. This gifts of healing. Pick up in verse 12. Ananias and Sapphira, they experienced something. They experienced being slain in the Spirit. Literally. They didn't get up. Try to bring hypocrisy into the church. Peter, he's walking in the Spirit. He nails it. Why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? Why are you lying? And God just takes them both out, and that's a whole study in and of itself. Verse 12, through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of them, the rest, dared join them. The people esteemed them highly. Believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they, look at this, verse 15, they brought the sick out into the streets, laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. They were superstitious in the first century. They thought it was the shadow healing them of Peter. It was really God. God is moving in a mighty way. How do we know that? Verse 16, also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented, and they were all healed. That's a big word, that word, all. There was a massive move of the gifts of healing and brought healing to all that were brought there in to Jerusalem in this time period. Another one is in Acts chapter 28. Turn all the way back there with me. Acts chapter 28, verse 7. This manifestation of the gifts of healing. Pick up with me in verse 6. Well, actually, let's go from verse 1. Now, when they had escaped... This is Acts 28. They then found out that the island was called Malta, and the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer. Whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. And so he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and saw that he was a god. So fickle, man. 
Now in that region there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him, prayed, and he laid his hands on him. And what does your Bible say? Healed him. Just happening through their lives. It would show up. This manifestation, the spirit would come and there would be healing as he was sensitive to the spirit. And now, when I talk about this, when I step back and I look at this gifting, it's easy to look today in our life and compare with the early church and what we see and experience and wonder, why does there seem to be, and I emphasize the word seem to be, why does there seem to be a lack of healing today like we see here? Why is there an appearance? I have to say, first of all, I don't believe God has stopped healing the sick. I know and believe that God heals today. I believe one of the main reasons why we don't see this type of activity is because of one simple word, skepticism. We are a very skeptic society. You know what that word means? We use it so much I looked it up just to make sure I understood what it means. Here's what it means. A person inclined to question or doubt all accepted opinions. That's what a skeptic is. A person that's inclined to question. Let me rephrase that. A skeptic is a person that questions everything. Skeptics usually have on the back of their car question authority. And they could even add another one for them. If you want to make some money, I'll just give you the idea. Question authority and everything else. That's a skeptic. A person that denies rational thought. A person that denies the possibility of knowledge and truth. Where there's healing and it's just denied. It's true. God healed. But the skeptic denies it. Pastor Ed Taylor explaining how skepticism can often keep us from experiencing the healing that God wants to give us. And this is Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed, as you know, there are two extremes when it comes to healing. In one camp, you have those who say God doesn't heal today. And on the other extreme are those that would tell us God will heal everyone as long as they have enough faith. But Scripture teaches something far different than these two views, doesn't it? Uh, You know, Larry, like I mentioned uh, in our last conversation, not everyone is healed uh, this side of eternity. I I guess you could even say that we are all going to die of our final sickness. And yet along the way, along the journey, God does heal. He uses medical science to bring healing. He uses supernatural means to bring healing. Uh, He does bring temporary healing, um, even of significant disease. Uh, But that is just a temporary healing. And we want to stay away from the extremes and recognize that our lives belong to the Lord. And, and in our lives, he can use our lives any way that he desires. And one of the things that he'll use in our lives is our weaknesses. Our weakness is an opportunity for God's strength to be made perfect. And one of the weaknesses that we experience is sickness. And so you're right. We want to stay away from the extremes and keep our eyes firmly fixed on the God that heals Jehovah Rapha, trusting that along the way, as we're journeying uh, toward heaven, that sometimes God heals, sometimes God doesn't heal, but we all can expect the ultimate healing when we are delivered from this body of death and we're in the presence of the Lord. 
And don't you look forward to that day? I want to remind you, if you missed the first portion of Pastor Ed's teachings on the gifts of healings that we aired yesterday, you can hear the complete study online at calvaryco.church or listen through either of our apps. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. And here in the month of July, we picked out a book written by Pastor Ed we think you'll enjoy and benefit a great deal from. It ties in quite nicely to our current study, too. It's called Ordinary Servant. Maybe you've wondered, can God really use me? I'm just an ordinary guy or gal. Well, the answer in short is absolutely. Pastor Ed will lovingly and biblically walk you through how it is we can serve others with the heart of Christ. We'll send this your way for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Abounding Grace is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. And again, we'll say thanks for a gift of $25 or more by sending you Pastor Ed's book, Ordinary Servant. When you make a donation to Abounding Grace, you're helping countless others learn and apply the Bible and grow in grace. Call toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. That number again, 877-30-GRACE. Next time on Abounding Grace, we'll continue Pastor Ed Taylor's study of 1 Corinthians. Thank you for listening today. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.